Apostle Maldonado, Ravi Zacharias, Mike Bickle. What can we learn from these men so that we will walk a straight path with the Lord? Today on Walking in the Spirit, let's get going. Greetings, folks. How you doing today? Apostle Lewis here with you. And, you know, Mike Bickle put out a public letter, and I am not here to find guilt, fault, or anything like that, because I don't know uh, what happened in this setting. Let's see if we can come up with some wisdom here on how to keep ourselves from having moral failures. You know, what's what all these, you know, uh, people, I don't know Apostle Maldonado well or his teachings, but I, I certainly have listened to Mike Bickle for many years and Ravi Zacharias. And as you know, I was involved in uh, walking Todd uh, through some of the things. Now, what I want us to be careful about is assuming that we know what's going on. We don't. And that's something that we really need to stay humble about. We don't really need to know. I want you to understand there's there's a need in the body of Christ to know what's going on, to know the truth, because you think that, you know, that's going to help you make a better judgment. I'm going to let the people who are actually involved in that to do that because I don't need to know. I have no need to know. I have no right to know. You might think you do. We do not. We actually don't. Um, we're going to let this, uh, this isn't about that. It isn't about whether Mike Bickle's guilty or Mike Bickle's not guilty. It's not about any of these things. It's how, what can we learn so we don't have to drive our car into a tree to understanding that's really painful? And how can we avoid some of these things? Now, I had a very wonderful spiritual father uh, and Randy Leshner. And, you know, I, I recall this time back in 0102, somewhere in there, we were down teaching in Orlando. Um, and after the school and the school of the prophets down there, we would go over to Uno's Pizzeria because there's the only thing open right there. It was right near our, next to our hotel. And we'd go over there and, and, you know, get there around 11 and they were open till 12, but the bar was open till two, which means we could still get some food uh, late, you know, which was great. And we would sit in there and we'd order usually a couple, usually we'd order like a shrimp cocktail and a Caesar salad or something like that. And we would talk. And Brandy told me this story that he has told and, you know, he's passed away and this is to cast no shedding on him. He was, he was one of the most important people on the planet to me. I would not, I don't think I would be um, in ministry to the level that I'm at if it wasn't for Randy. I really mean that because for me, I, there was no one else. I mean, you could sit there and say, oh yeah, oh yeah, you could have, you know, God would have, I know, but God used him and I just treat it as he was that important. And um, there was an area in my life that was just so wonderful with him, uh, him teaching me the, the do's and don'ts, but also the character of carrying God's presence, his spirit, what it meant to be a prophet and um, things like that. I, I'm, I'm ordained. I've had other people who try to have me ordained. You know, they would call you, you know, they go, hey, we want to bring you down and ordain you. And I, I never accepted that because I, I feel once you're ordained, you're ordained. And you don't need to be ordained, ordained, ordained 28 times. And a lot of times that's used to be a part of an organization. And the reason I never did that was because, you know, he deserved the honor. 
Like he deserved my ordination certificates up there on the wall. You can't see it. I don't display it for you. Um, and it was always to me, the, the truth was, Hey, he's the one who, you know, trained me, equipped me and got me on the road. And I spent between him and his wife, I spent 10 and a half years serving them. And then, um, you know, uh, Randy passed away just over two years ago on Yom Kippur 2021. And uh, I had talked to him and prayed over him like three days, four days prior, or maybe two days prior before he passed and told him, and, and, and he was, you know, somewhat conscious, but he was on oxygen and I prayed over him, but I remember just telling him how thankful I was for him in my life and how much I loved him. And, um, you know, I hope you have someone like that in your life. I know that I'm a father to some people. And, um, I mean, I, I take that responsibility very seriously. Some people never have that. Some people, you know, they, they don't realize their own orphan spirit and, uh, some people don't need it. And that's true. I, I think it's really good to have spiritual fathers. I think that they help speak into your life. And certainly I've been blessed by so many people in my life, but no one, no one to the level that Randy and Bill is Bill Johnson is someone who laid hands on me for my apostolic. And I can tell you, I, I absolutely love Bill. We just don't have the same relationship. Bill doesn't, you know, me and Bill don't hold conversations and, you know, and stuff like that. You know, that's, that's not what we do. And, um, but he's certainly very important in my life, but Randy was that person. And I want to tell you a story that he told me and, um, uh, very, very painful story for him, but it was one of such an, a, such, um, an encounter with the Lord, but also a revelation how we're supposed to carry ourselves. And so I remember him telling me the story and I, I wanted to get this one on audio. He gave me several, three, I could think of three stories that were so impactful that I kept on saying, we got to get these videoed. I want to bring them over and just videotape them telling these stories. And, um, because they were that good. They were, they were, it wasn't that, by the way, it wasn't that he did everything right in them. It's what he learned from them, the encounter of God in, 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 in his mess and his mistake and how God was, you know, willing to restore and redeem. Um, so this story goes way back. I'm going to say this story goes way, way back. Um, uh, probably, um, 50 years. And, um, Randy used to minister in the Wyoming area. And uh, after ministering for three days, Randy started spiking a fever pretty bad and and um, had to go to the hospital. Was just, he was in pain. He was having pains in his body. He was spiking a fever. And um, his wife and daughter, you know, his wife was driving. They had an RV. They used to travel when they preach. And they went to, um, they were on the way to the hospital. And um, at, on the way to the hospital, they, um, he just got in too much pain. He says, Kathy, you got to pull over, call for an ambulance or something. And they actually life flighted him out of there and got him to the hospital. Well, Kathy's now driving the vehicle and she gets hit by a car and he sees his wife and daughter come into the emergency room. They're okay. But, um, the doctors come in and tell him, it appears you have got an amoeba in your kidneys and there's nothing we can do about it and you're going to die. It's going to kill you. And, uh, there's nothing we could do about it. And, um, pretty, pretty scary. And, um, he's praying and, uh, he tells, I'm, this is a condensed 
version of the story because we were weeping at the end of the story. We were just crying our eyes out in the middle of Uno's bar. And um, he he tells me that, you know, he's praying and he's saying, oh, Jesus, heal me. He's praying and praying and praying. And one night the Lord walks in his room and comes into, you know, not through the door, came in his room, Jesus. And he sees Jesus. He's like, oh, Jesus, Lord you're here to heal me. And Jesus said to him, no, you're going to die. And when he says this, this image of a ministry partner he had that used to travel with him comes before him. See, his ministry partner had fallen, had had an affair or something. I never asked the whole details, but it was a moral failure and uh, don't know his name. And I wouldn't share it here because it's not my story to tell. And, and instead of Randy covering his friend, Randy, people would ask him, hey, where's so-and-so? And let's just call him Steve. Where's Steve? You know, you guys always try, well, you know, Steve. And he would tell them what happened to Steve. Oh, well, you know, didn't you hear what happened to Steve? And um, and he would gossip. And the, once he once Jesus says you're going to die, he sees all this. And he realizes his sin. And the Lord says to him, and I want you to hear this. The Lord says to him, I called you to cover your brother's sin and expose your own, confess your own. Instead, you're confessing your brother's sin while you're covering up your own. Now, this is a really strong lesson for us, okay? And we think talking about other people in a sense of, oh, did you hear? Did you hear? Oh, my. We think we're truth seekers. We're actually gossip seekers. And I know that as soon as the Mike Bickle thing came out, everyone had to do a post on it. Well, this is not a post about Mike Bickle. This is a post about how can you and I walk in a way that we don't stumble in the same areas or different areas as some great ministers who have gone before us? Because the, the journey from the journey in Scripture, if there's anything it tells us, is that we're men and we're a flesh and we can fall. And I don't believe that's the will of God. And I don't believe it's the will of God for you or for me. Um, and I don't believe it's the Lord causing us to fall either. I think we 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 fall for two reasons, uh, one of two reasons, and one of two reasons only. Now the circumstances can be very different, but I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give you those two reasons. One is somewhere we're broken. It could be the pressure of ministry. It could be pressure of life. We're shattered inside. And we begin to uh, respond wrongly to the to problems in life, to, you know, our relationships. You know, maybe our wife isn't talking to us. Our husband isn't talking to us the way we want, whatever. And we we instead of forgiving, instead of having the conversation, whatever the pressures of ministry. I know I have felt the pressures of ministry. We then find an outlet that. We think for the moment it, 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 it relieves the tension because we have this built up tension uh, and it's called, you know, you, you, trust me, uh, psychiatrists could do a lot better with this one than me. But we have this built in uh, or built up uh, dam uh, of pressure behind this dam. And instead of talking to the Lord and talking to the ones we love and saying, hey, look, I need you in this moment. And instead of having that we have this really 
bad reaction. So men will men have stolen money because they have pressures and finances. Men have stolen water, you know, water that wasn't theirs, in other words, from cisterns that they weren't supposed to drink from, which is they have an affair. Women do this too. So I don't want to just put that on men. Um, they might be abusive to their staff and whatever. And so um, you need to have the conversation. That's actually reef. It's a very scary conversation. You don't know how the other one's going to react, but you need to have the conversation and this pressure. The other reason is simply just pride. And the pride comes because of the success of ministry. Now, there's always the pride, which, by the way, the pride will never get you into. If you're in pride, you'll never get into big dynamic ministry because God resists the proud. But pride comes from, you know, look how big my ministry is. Look how, look how, look how I travel all over the world. And we begin to um, think we're invincible. We can do what we want. And we don't listen to the correction of people. We don't listen to, we're not even listening to the Lord at this point. Everything's about the ministry. And it's not, we're never dealing with ourselves and our pride. And sometimes our ministries are so big that, um, you know, mine is not. Sometimes the ministries are so big, it's all about protecting the ministry and to the damage of your own soul. All right. And I want to say this very clearly. Mike Pickle did say he had a failure 20 years ago. I, I, I'm i not interested in that. And you go, why not? Well, because it was 20 years ago. He says he's repented. Now, if there's still a mess to clean up from that, let Mike clean that up. And he has to clean that up. But I don't believe in the in the process of saying you can never minister again, because that's not for me to say. That's for the Lord to say. Now, he might lose his position at IHOP. He might have to step down from all that. That might be true. But who am I to tell God he can't minister again? Like, I'm not going to do that. Now, I want to read you a scripture that I've kind of prayed a lot. I live by. I have had, um, you know, ministry is not easy. You know, some of you, some people, their ministry is a YouTube channel. And they, you know, some of them just feel the heat of just everybody complaining about their you know, channel or what they said and disagreements and hateful speech. And this ruins people, even on YouTube. Um, uh, don't read, don't live by the media. Don't live by your comments. Uh, live by the presence. But here's a, a scripture that the Bible, uh, that Paul wrote that I think we really need to understand. It says, Brethren, if a man is overcome, overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. That's an amazing statement. And I've seen it over and over again. Those who attack people who have fallen and they're the ha-ha moment and they just want to expose everything. And then you find out five years later, they've fallen, they've gotten divorced, they lost their marriage. And uh, the reason I think that that happens is as you sow, you reap. You're not going to be, you're not mocking God here. So in the spirit of gentleness and meekness and love, go find your brother. The Bible says if we see our brother in a sin, we are to go to our brother, not go to YouTube. We don't go to uh, Instagram. We don't go to X. We don't go, we don't go to our friends. We go to the one who we have seen overtaken and fall. And, and in love and brotherhood, we say, hey, man, you know, um, do you know what you're doing? Like, this is this is trouble. Like, you don't want to do this thing. I love you. I don't want... Now, that doesn't mean... Now, let me just tell this. The Bible, Jesus didn't say, hey, they're going to respond really well to that. Jesus says, if they don't hear you, 
then you bring two or three witnesses. And if they don't hear that, then you bring it before the church. And if they won't listen to the church, it says kick them out of the church and treat them like a heathen and a taxer. By the way, it's not kick them out of the congregation. It's kick them out of the body of Christ. This is the problem we have today. It's like um, we're not a body. We are a body, but we're not. We don't function as a body. We don't live as a body. We live as a congregations, organizations, um, networks, but we're not a functioning in a city body. I know people want the unity of the church. I, I don't see that happening um, uh, anytime soon. And I think that's when we try to do that. Uh, it's it, we really need revival for that to happen. I don't think we're going to have that for revival. I think that we're that's a result of the presence of God, where we just lay down our selfish um, um, agendas. Now, let's just read this out of the NASB, just so we get a different perspective. Brothers and sisters, even if a person is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in the spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you're not tempted as well. You know, it would be easy for me to, it's very easy to sit there and go, well, you know, look what Mike Bickle did. And then forget all that Mike Bickle has done for the body. That's that's the sadness to me. It's like, do not forget what this man and his ministry has brought to the body of Christ. Please do not forget that. Do not let his worst momentary lapse be the thing that you actually think upon and think that we, and don't think this either. Well, God, he doesn't need him. No one's that important. No, you are that important. You are a living stone in a uh, Ephesus, you know, in a structure called the body of Christ and called the house of the Lord being built together. And we need the living stones in there. And we don't have, we, we don't, we should never devour our own. Okay, Paul warns about that in Galatians 3, about, you know, the the backbiting, uh, you know, I call it Christian cannibalism. Um, when uh, people begin to uh, devour each other, right? And um, they do this because I think, I think for some, some reason, um, uh, it might, it might make us feel righteous to point out someone else's fault. Jesus warned us about this. It doesn't mean that we don't point out the fault. It, it doesn't mean that because Jesus told us that was not what he meant. Jesus said to go to your brother, though. Do it in the privacy. See if you can you know, talk your brother and sister into the truth and say, hey, look, I love you. And by the way, this should really be done in relationship. And this is where the pride comes in because, you know, there's a part where Mike Bickle— you know, Mike Pickles in his 70s, most likely he's a you know man of God with a worldwide ministry. You might think, well, no one can speak and see him into this. Well, number one, I don't think a lot of people knew what was going on. Number two, um, this is where the fellowship, not just with the people who serve you, but the fellowship with other leaders and being really real with other leaders at that level. Why? Because there's things at that level that you and I might not even be aware of. There's, there's pressures, there's pressure points, there's battles there. And we need to have the spirit of meekness. There, now look, there are possibly victims in this. There's, there's also probably participants on the other side of this. Maybe 
they're upset now, but maybe they weren't then. I, I had a friend, a good friend who ended up, you know, after warning him for four weeks that where he was heading was an affair, he ended up getting to an affair and left with the girl. And, and she called me up 10 years later and she was like, well, you know, uh, she was look, trying to act innocent. I go, no, you're not innocent. You don't listen. When you justify yourself, you don't get the justification that comes through the blood of Jesus. And let me explain. When I justify myself, that's self-righteousness. Okay? But you want to allow, you want to confess your sins and let him cleanse you and wash you, forgive you, and restore you. And remember, restoration. Restoration is not punishment. We don't go, you'll never minister again. This is what happened with my friend Todd. He was told, you can confess to everything and walk away, never be in ministry again, and we're going to do an investigation. Well, the investigation didn't approve anything. It was all bogus anyways, but it didn't because the letter never came out with anything. Okay, went back to his marriage, which I think we've covered that like for the last 20 years, for crying out loud. And um, my problem was it wasn't the cross. Let me Let me explain something to you. I have no right, listen to me, I have no right to bring up something 20 years ago in your life. God doesn't. I don't either. God doesn't bring up our past sins. Now, it could be, we don't know, Mike Bickle's behavior continued. We don't know. He says it doesn't. There's accuracy. He says it did. I don't know. It could also be that, you know, in the Me Too movement, let's expose something that happened 20 years ago. And I don't know. It doesn't mean Mike Bickle's justified at all for what he did. He's not. We don't, don't even believe that. But, I mean, I don't like the fact that something 20 years ago, especially something he says he's repented over, I'm going to assume that this person involved repented. I want to know. Did that person repent? Uh, what was? Now, I don't need to know. By the way, I really don't need to know. I don't have any right to know. I'm not in the need to know arena. The ones who need to know are the ones handling the situation. I know they feel they got to report to the body of Christ and all this. No. If you're not in relationship with Mike closely, then you don't have a real need to know the whole details. I know we think that we do. We do not. I know we think we do. We do not. We think we do. But I've got to trust the people around them. That's just it. If they tell me, hey, we've investigated nothing. We found nothing. I got to trust them. If they say, hey, we found some stuff, we've addressed it with Mike, and we've come up with a plan for his restoration, I've got to trust them. I'm not in the system over there. It's not mine. I don't want to be, folks. I, I tell you, it's not as fun as you think it is. And we have to be willing to realize that you and I don't always have the right to know. We might want to because we have tickling ears and gossip You know, feeds our 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 earthly man and we don't really have the need to know now how do we how do we move forward now what i'm going to do in the next couple of videos is um, talk about how you might be able to keep yourself from stumbling now let me tell you the rest of the story with randy when jesus came in and told him that randy repented right before the lord and asked the lord to forgive him that day, that gentleman was flying over where he was at, but had to stop for fuel and decided to land at that city. And someone told him, hey, Rand did you hear Randy's in the hospital over here? And he went to see Randy. 
And when he walked in, Randy began to weep. And he, and he said, would you please forgive me? And the man did. And the man prayed for him and he was healed. Now, when we, you got to understand, when Randy told me this, we were just like weeping. It was all coming down. You know, it was a pitiful sight, but it was a wonderful, like you could feel the presence of God. You could feel him just brooding on this. Like, and he, I, I, this is the way I felt like the Holy Spirit said, it's over 20 years ago. I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying this to me. Hey, Lou, don't ever forget this. Like, don't ever forget this. Don't go out to expose other people. And, and I, I've pretty much lived to that. I don't really want to be that guy now. Um, and, and why is that? Well, it's a dirty business. Gossip's a dirty business. If you want to be trusted with the word of the Lord in your mouth, then you have to be able to keep your mouth shut. One of the greatest things I can tell you about being an accurate, faithful prophet before God is not learning when to speak. It's learning how to hold your tongue. It's learning that you could be trusted. Why do I say holding your tongue? Because it's harder to hold your tongue than it is to speak. If you want to know, most people are afraid of speaking, but they speak every day. Holding your tongue is one of the hardest things to do. It's one of the hardest things to do for a lot of people. And they, 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 they have to talk about it. So I pray that that situation will be resolved and everyone will get healed. Not, it's just, just for Mike. Everyone involved, I'm praying for restoration. I'm not praying for the re removal of anybody. The shaming of anybody, I want to everyone in this situation, everyone in IHOP over there, everyone in IHOP needs to be restored to the true value in Christ. That's what they need. And it's not, it's, I, I'm, the body shouldn't be pitted against the body. So what we really want is for the victims, or if there's victims, the participants and all the stuff to be restored, to forgive to release stuff, to embrace Christ, to be restored in who they are in Christ, to be healed up from any pain, shame, wrongdoings, whatever. And for the body at IHOP and the members of the church to be restored, to restore their faith, restore their confidence in Mike. Because I don't want us to forget all the wonderful things that like, I don't want people to forget everything that Robbie, this is where I don't think the Robbie's ministry did well because they basically just threw out Robbie and not remembering all the wonderful things that Robbie had done. And I don't like the fact that Robbie couldn't deal with any of it. You know, it was after his death and, and, but, and, and you know, people go, what do you think he's saved? Yeah, I do. I do. I really do. I think the man struggled probably possibly. I didn't I never read the whole details, by the way, folks. I don't need the gossip. I don't. It's not good. But I used to love listening to Ravi Zachariah videos. I loved it. I really did. I some of the best apologetics there was. And I and I I'm I want you to know is that the Lord loves all of us equally. He doesn't love 
me more than Mike or Mike more than me or me more than he loves us all. And what we want to do as a body is learn how to stitch up the wounds until the Lord heals the wound. Like we have to be the ones who can stop the bleeding, <laughs> not not tear it open and just go into the wound and look around. Go, oh, yeah, that looks like a really bad cut. Yeah, that looks like we got to be the ones who can stop the bleeding and pray and allow the healing of the Lord come to the situation. We're going to learn this, hopefully, before the Lord's coming back. Restore them. The restoration, by the way, the goal, listen to me, the goal is not truth. That's not the goal. Anyone who says the goal is to find out the truth, that is not the goal. The goal is complete restoration, which will take truth. But truth is not the goal. Truth is not the goal. Complete restoration is the goal. And that's what we should pray for. Watch the next couple of videos I do. I'm going to give you some things that might help you stay out of the firing line and keep you on the right path with God. Until the next time, I love you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.